the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever dear. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh of the Gospel Defender Ministries. The message you are about to hear will encourage and equip those who have ears to hear to be a Christian, clothed with the armor of a Gospel Defender. Ladies and gentlemen, it is written in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. When God created the human race, there were no disputes about genderism. There were two and only two, male and female. They were easily distinguishable by their body parts. If you had been able at that time to ask God, What is a woman? It would have been the first stupid question ever asked. God knew what he made and he knew the difference between a male and a female, whether or not anyone else did. You would think that when God created man and took a rib from the man's side, used to build the woman, that he would have given them something to do. And he did. He told them to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. There was no confusion over how the multiplication of the human race would take place. Man would have his part to play, and the woman would have hers. She would be the one who would conceive and bring forth children. The woman, and not the man, would be the one who would be pregnant and give birth. 
There was a time when all of this was pretty simple to understand. It would take hundreds and thousands of years for the human race to evolve to the point that the gender identification of a baby would be in doubt, causing a baby born looking like a boy might actually be a girl, and a baby born looking like a girl might actually be a boy. The human race has come a long way, and in the process has departed a long way from God's inspired word. We have become so smart that we cannot be sure about much of anything, including whether parents are the father and the mother of a newborn son or a newborn daughter. The religious world itself has gotten contaminated with all this foolishness. Most people in the religious world don't know for sure what the scriptures really say about much of anything. It doesn't know for sure if we were right a few years ago thinking that what was sin then was really sin after all. There was a time we believed that men shacked up with men and women shacked up with women was sin. We even thought that a man and a woman shacked up was sin. At one time we believed having babies before marriage was a sin. There are a lot of things that we used to think was wrong that are now right, and things that we once thought were right that are now wrong. Actually, this is not anything new. 700 years before Christ was born, the Lord said in Isaiah 5 verse 20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put for darkness for light, and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. If all of this sounds topsy-turvy, it is, and the world in which we live today is about as topsy-turvy as it has ever been. The only thing that will get the world and those who live in it right side up is allowing the Word of God to be our guide. It is the only book you will ever read that will tell you the truth. In Acts chapter 9, while breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, Saul of Tarsus was traveling the road leading to Damascus one day when he was struck to the ground by a light from heaven shining around him. He heard the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ and trembling and astonished asked, Lord, what do you want me to do? That was a good question for anyone to ask in the first century, and it is a good question to ask in this 21st century. Lord, what do you want me to do? If you have ever taken the time to ask yourself that question, but have no more of an idea what he wants of you than when you first asked it, you have come to the right place to hear the answer. There are six things that God wants every man and every woman to do. Briefly, here they are. First, God wants you to hear his word. He said so in Mark 16, verse 15. 
when he told his apostles to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This may seem a strange thing to say to us today, but since his word is easily accessible to every creature, at least in this country, you would think that everyone has heard it. Most people think they have when they really haven't. They may have heard some parts of it, but they haven't heard what is the most important part that concerns their eternal destination. Since God wants all men to be saved, and salvation requires men to believe His Word, every man and every woman must hear His Word. Apostle Paul asked in Romans 10, verse 14, How then shall they call on Him, in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him, of whom they have not heard? Although there are many among us who find it difficult to reason these days, it only stands to reason that if a man or woman must hear God's word to be saved, someone must preach and teach it. A few verses down the page is verse 17 that says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. One of the reasons people have no faith is because they have never heard what produces faith, the Word of God. Lord, what do you want me to do? The first thing the Lord wants every man and every woman to do is to hear His Word. Second, God wants every man and every woman to believe His Word. It is one thing to hear God's Word. It is another thing to believe it. There are millions on the face of this globe who hear or who have heard His Word, but don't believe a word of it. And there is a fair share of people sitting in church pews every Lord's Day who don't believe it either. If they did, they wouldn't live the way they do. People who call themselves a Christian but who do not meet every Lord's Day in the called-out assembly of the church to remember the sacrificial Lamb of God around His table because of other things taking priority are not a Christian any more than a waiter or waitress is a waiter or waitress who never serves food to anyone in a restaurant. A fundamental belief in Christianity is that Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ, the only begotten Son of God, who resurrected from the dead. Staying in Romans chapter 10, it is written in verse 9, If you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There is more to belief than just this, but salvation starts with believing at least this much. God raised His only begotten Son, Jesus, from the dead. Lord, what do you want me to do? The second thing the Lord wants every man and every woman to do is to believe. Third, the Lord wants every man and every woman to repent of sin. 
This is so important that the Lord himself spoke of its necessity twice in the same gospel chapter of Luke. In Luke 13, verse 3, he said, I tell you, unless you repent, you will perish. And two verses later, he said it again. I tell you, unless you repent, you will perish. How many times must the Lord say the same thing before it becomes believable? After the Lord resurrected and ascended to the right hand of his Father in heaven, he turned over the preaching of his gospel message to his apostles. One of them, the Apostle Peter, preached more than once what the Lord had said in Luke 13 was necessary for salvation. In the first message he preached after Jesus departed this earth, he said in Acts 2 verse 38, Repent for the remission of sins. He said more than this in that verse, and before we finish this message, you will hear what else he said. But for now, notice that he said to be saved from sin. Men and women had to repent of sin, had to change the course, the direction of his or her life had to turn around and walk and live God's way, not the way of their own choice. Peter not only preached repentance, he wrote about repentance in his second epistle. In Second Peter 3, verse 9, he wrote, The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. His brother apostle, Paul, preached the same message. He said to a group of intellectuals in Athens in Acts 17 that God commands all men everywhere to repent. God didn't request that men do this. God didn't suggest that men do this. He commanded men to do this. God commands all men everywhere to repent. Repentance is the R-bomb in the 21st century religion. 21st century preachers have made it into a dirty word, a curse word that should never be uttered from any pulpit. Just give God a God nod with a short salvation prayer and go on your merry way. Your personal health and wealth is right around the corner. Live the same way you have always lived. Attend church when you feel like it, and don't when you don't. Throw a buck or two in the plate. Sit back and watch the entertainment, and wait for the Lord to come back, to take you to heaven where not much is happening, but it sure beats going to hell. Real biblical repentance is when a man or woman believes the Word of God so much that after hearing it and believing it, it is a life-altering event. He changes his mind about a lot of things he once believed and begins to view the world and his life as God views them. His belief system is reflected by the way he lives and where he goes. His speech changes, 
his habits change, his dress changes, his deeds change. Lord, what do you want me to do? The third thing the Lord wants every man and every woman to do is to repent. Fourth, the Lord wants every man and every woman woman, to confess their faith in him. There are religious organizations that will tell you that you need to sit in a box and confess your sins to someone sitting behind a curtain who needs God's forgiveness as much as you do. This looks holy in movies, and it sounds plausible to uneducated minds. But you will not find such a thing as this in the book that you have begun to read and believe. The only person to whom any of us must confess the dirt in our lives is to the Lord. But confession is not limited to only confessing our dirt. Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse 32, Whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father, who is in heaven. Then he stated the converse. Whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father, who is in heaven. This confession begins at the time a man or woman wants to be baptized in water. When Philip and the eunuch went down the road in Acts 8, verse 36, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The eunuch did what Apostle Paul said in Romans 10 verse 9 was necessary to do to receive salvation. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Lord, what do you want me to do? The fourth thing the Lord wants every man and every woman to do is to confess. Fifth, the Lord wants all men and all women to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You will have to excuse me for preaching a dirty message that has some dirty words in it. I've already used the dirty word of repentance, and now I must throw in the dirty word of baptism. It is a dirty word in religion because men have made it a dirty word with their dirty theology. Dirty theology says that baptism does not have one thing to do with salvation. In fact, dirty theologians tell us that to even entertain the thought that baptism has something to do with salvation is a dirty thought because to think that dirty thought is to dirty the word grace. Thinking that baptism in water has anything to do with salvation is a dirty doctrine that minimizes or eliminates 
or ignores the work that Jesus did on the cross. Ladies and gentlemen, what smears grace is the elimination of obedience from God's plan of salvation. Believing that the merits of grace can be received without obeying the word of God is a doctrine of heresy. The doctrine that says men do not have to do anything in obedience to receive the merits of Christ's sacrificial work on the cross as God's Lamb cheapens grace, and cheap grace opens the door of license to sin. The reason most religious people see no need to be baptized to receive salvation is because this biblical truth is seldom, if ever, preached in the apostate world of denominationalism including the world of independent churches. Listen to the following scriptures and ask yourself this question. Is salvation received before and without being immersed? Or is it received after one is immersed? He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. There is an antitype which now saves us, baptism. There is not a verse in the New Testament where baptism and salvation appear together, that salvation comes before and without baptism. Lord, what do you want me to do? The fifth thing the Lord wants every man and every woman to do is to be baptized. Sixth, the Lord wants every man and every woman to be faithful to him unto death. It was to the church in Smyrna that Jesus wrote in Revelation 2 verse 10, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. To receive the crown of life, every man and every woman who has heard the word of God, who has believed the word of God, who has repented of their sin, who has confessed their faith in Christ, and who has been immersed in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, must be faithful all the way to the time of their death. Apostle Paul, at the end of his life, wrote to Timothy and said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. The crown of life will be given to those who are faithful to the end, not to those who fizzle before the finish. To become a Christian is just the beginning, to be faithful to the end of one's life is a test that all too many fail. Lord, what do you want me to do? The sixth thing the Lord wants every man and every woman to do is to be faithful to the end. Christianity is not for sissies. Not one of the six things preached in this message is more important than the other five, and not one of the six things is less important than the other five. All six are necessary to receive eternal, everlasting life on the other side of the Jordan. 
When a man or a woman falls in love with Christ and his word, the forces of hell itself cannot stop that person from doing the six things that God wants every man and every woman to do. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever dear. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Ball speaking. You have just heard another Gospel Defender Ministries radio broadcast brought to you by the church that Jesus built that preaches all of the word to all of the world. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. So find someone today who will immerse you into Christ today before it is everlastingly too late. Our mailing address is Gospel Defender Ministries, Post Office Box 575, Chillicothe, C-H-I-L-L-I-C-O-T-H-E, Chillicothe, Ohio, zip 45601. You can also contact us through the World Wide Web at gospel-defender.org or by email at agosdef, A-G-O-S-D-E-F, agosdef at roadrunner.com. At your written request, a transcript or an audio copy of today's message will be sent to you free of charge with no obligation from you now or in the future. We need to hear from you as soon as possible, so please take the time to contact us today. Now, until you and I meet again at this same time and at this same place, our prayer is that you will be steadfastly set for the defense of the gospel. A gospel Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.